Hello everybody out there in comic book land. My name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you could only be here for one reason, and that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by Comic Book Click, and as you know, I am never alone. Sir, please introduce yourself. I am Dan the Comic Man. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Dan the Comic Man is in studio, and we have our very best blazers and ties on, because we are here to deliver the news that's fit to print for San Diego Comic-Con 2018. What a weekend. We just got the good, the bad, and the ugly from the two major publishers, movies, TV, and comic book news. All here, all for you guys. The click. Uh, I think we should just get into the movies first. We got so much to talk about here on this episode. Uh, but man, before we get on any of this, I am in rare form. This week has taken all the energy out from under me. No, I think it's my final straw. This is this is this is a lot. This is there's been a lot uh going on between the good, bad and the ugly. Uh let's get let's get some um let's get the bad news out of the way as far as um just the news is concerned. So we'll we can start off with James Gunn. <sighs> James Gunn, director of Guardians of the Galaxy one and two, uh fired from Disney uh and Marvel uh studios for I guess just just really tasteless tweets that it was, he had. It was back bad in the jokes. Past. It was you know as somebody that can appreciate comedy of all forms, it was tasteless humor. It was corny. It was not funny. But at the end of the day, it was still jokes. Yeah, I did see him admit to him trying to do it for a. But rise. they called him out when he yeah. first tweeted them, and he apologized. But this was 2012. This was before Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One was even in theaters, which is probably his most. Um, mainstream film like he you know he did slither and he has uh credits on other stuff but guardians as far as like really directing go, yeah. directing and writing right. not just writing or direct yeah guardians of the galaxy was his most like commercially wise successful film and he's been constantly credited as uh bringing a voice to that franchise that no one really knew anything about because he understands music he wrote the second script around a soundtrack he picked yeah. the song and first he, and supposedly he wrote the third script already and now uh, Mr. Gunn no longer has his job uh, helming what was supposed but to be the cosmic the problem enemy is, of Marvel. Even if he wrote the second, even if he wrote the third script, no one is going to understand the music the way he understood the music. Right? Y- there is going to be an absence in that film, and it's like James Cameron said with this superhero fatigue. For me, it's not superhero fatigue; it's studio fatigue. I could see that. The they've big, they've, the big they've kicked budget. out John Favreau. They've kicked out Joss Whedon, Edgar, Lord and Miller Edgar off the Wright. solo pro- pro- project. Edgar Wright now James Gunn. For tweets from six years ago, this is my final straw. I'm done with this with Disney as a whole, all around. <laughs> I I can't. It's a fair. It's a very frustrating situation because obviously I see the problem. I see what uh, Mr. Gunn did wrong, uh, and I don't agree with any of the tweets because you know they were like you said they were kind of tasteless. They had to do with no, children. They were very and, disrespectful and, tweets. Uh, like if know, it was if it was funny. I would say, come on, it's funny, but it wasn't funny at all. Isn't that weird though? If it was funny but still tasteless, it probably would have went. It probably would have got it because that's the thing of comedy is like you know comedy should not have a limit, you know there should not if you if you are you should be be able to be made fun of and still laugh things should be able to made fun of you should that's the whole purpose of this exactly especially when you joke on something that's not supposed to be joked on, you know I understand you know these are taboo matters but just you should bring a little light to certain things and. And Twitter has also effectively become a witch hunt. Uh, for Twitter these has sort of has ruined thing. many people's jobs. Henry Cavill uh, having to come to the defense of his own words, uh, saying that he felt nervous dating 
during this well, Me Too see, that's situation. where the situation falls different for me because I read what Henry Cavill said, and he said he misses the old ways of courting a girl. And the old ways of courting a girl were a little bit chauvinistic. You know, there was... Well, it depends on how you see it, right? Because... Uh, well, you, the whole thing about the old ways of courting a girl was is you don't you don't take no for an answer, even if they say you no. Yeah, exactly. Right now they're looking at now a lot of people are looking at nowadays as that's sort of sexual harassment. Right to and be what, persistent in a sense. Right, you know, she says no, no should be no, and that seemingly is to the discretion of the person getting that attention. Therefore, Mister Cavill doesn't know how his actions are going to be interpreted, and when you're somebody like him who. Is the leader yeah, but of a franchise. He, he threw a, he threw the R word out there when 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 you know even if the old ways of courting a girl was sexual harassment, it's not rape. No, to it's throw not. the word no, rape out no, to say not. I'm afraid to flirt with women because I don't want to look like a rapist. Right. That's very bad to that's bad wording. Not bad to say it's bad wording. But that's what I'm saying. We we've we've become we've come to a point where that's where we stand. We sit on these high horses and on these castles and to pick apart people's wording. Not everyone. If you've asked me questions, I probably said a bunch of que- on you know questionable things, questionable answers. Given more time, I can give you the most PC answer ever. But now we're getting to the point where you have more to and think more, of everything. Yeah, more and more of because I've said it before, even before Henry Campbell said it. I said that I was afraid of flirting nowadays in twenty, and I've said it as joking, not as serious. But there's some truth to that. You know, you know, it, it is a little truthful, but I'm, yeah, not, but that's not comic book stuff. Yeah, that's not. Don't get twisted. Stuff. I'm not defending either man in this case, but. Be careful because your words will can't come back to haunt you. And now James and now Gunn is t- out of a job. Is losing a livelihood. He's losing his life. Who knows when this he's going to get another work? From the loss of a job to a loss of a life, uh, we lost a good one uh, this past week. Uh, Mr. Uh, John Snepp, director of uh, writer, creator, and director of Metalocalypse. For yeah. those who know, others who know him from the Death of Superman documentary. Yeah, Death of Superman Lives, where he uh, went out of his way to get us the truth behind the failed Superman uh, film. Of the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. And he was a prominent worker in Collider videos. He worked with Screen Junkies. And because of his work with that documentary, he shook a lot of hands. He knows a lot of people in the comic industry, in the entertainment industry. Like you said, he worked for Collider, so he was constantly doing reviews and stuff. Um, He seemed to be fine, but then he had a stroke. And then he after does that, seem over, yeah. he did look overweight. Like he is a yeah. big man, so you yeah. never you never know what his health issues could be. He could on the inside, he could have been a depressed guy who was always eating. So it's. But he definitely, you know, left behind a legacy, and with that film, he no, left he, behind answers, right? No, so I mean, like, it, <laughs> we found out a whole bunch of stuff. Like Kevin Smith, like was supposed to write the script yeah, and everything. Uh, Tim Burton working on it. Be more like John Schnepp. Leave something behind in this world. Uh, we're, we're a big, big. Uh, world and there's a lot of us so on this time on this earth this short time that we have just do what you love and try to leave something behind just like mr snap did because regardless of whether or not um you know you were a fan of his he did do some um good work and a lot of people in the industry say he was a good he was a great person i mean who doesn't like metalocalypse he's oh, the writer hilarious. director yeah. and creator of metalocalypse that's his baby right there. once you have that kind of humor it's deflock deflock like- yeah but, uh, like, hilarious. but before we jump into comic book stuff, uh, one more thing is always try to remember to separate the art from the artist. Just because the artist is a terrible person doesn't mean they don't have amazing talent and they don't do great work. If I never yeah. did that, I couldn't watch movies because of so many Miramax projects, so many New Line Cinemas oh, and Harvey yeah, Weinstein, Harvey produ- Weinstein yeah, produced movies. And look stuff. at Kill Bill Volume 2. You know, there was a lot of backstage, you know, 
bad stuff. David that Carradine went on. dies from autoerotic asphyxiation. You know, you know that you know, you know that car that Uma Thurman was driving in Kill Bill Volume Two. He that crashed that into the thing on purpose. He 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 knew that the car was like breaking down and was gonna crash at any moment, and he made her and Quentin shoot it anyways. That's ridiculous because she ignored his passes. So like, you know, you have to separate the art from the artist, or you'll never like anything. Right, and hopefully. Uh, artists will do their best to clean up their acts a little bit when they know people are coming and looking. Or just clean up their acts, period. But um, as far as the art is concerned, we had a bunch of sneak peeks, teasers, and just all-on deep dives on some of the great things coming out of comic book media. Uh, we'll take this uh, film to film and then get to some TV and then into some comics. But the first trailer I wanted to sit here and talk about was Shazam. The Shazam, Shazam trailer. This, this Billy is probably the Batson, movie. Man. This is probably the movie we had the least information going in, in comparison to, let's say, an Aquaman, where we got a bunch of set photos and stuff. All that stuff was taken care of. Yeah, all you saw was Zachary Levi, and like it, it wasn't CGI'd yet, so the suit kind of looked like like how the Flash's very first behind the scenes, right? Yeah. The costumes look how it was very like maroon red. Yes. Is it? I've been calling him Levy. Is it Levi? It's Levi. Okay. It's Zachary Levi, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, the, I think it would be Levy with the Y, like the actor Eugene Levy. Yeah, His yeah, last yeah. name is spelled with the Y. I get I you. know this from Levi Jean. <laughs> Makes sense. Shazam comes out April 5th, 2014. That put it roughly in between Infinity War and Captain Marvel. This is weird because it's, oh, I'm seeing here it's directed by David F. Sandberg and he's only done feature films, two horror movies, and that's Lights Out and Annabelle Creation. But guess what? James Wan famous for The Conjuring is the director behind Aquaman. Oh, yes, he's so doing Aquaman. He's done Star has DC uh, gone so Has DC gone so dark that we're pulling out horror film directors? To I, do I, I think uh, that's what it is because they, they have nothing left. They had Joss Whedon. They had uh, Zack Snyder. And, yeah. you know, Patty Jenkins did Monster. That's kind of like a yeah, horror movie. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But she did great with Wonder Woman. So who knows? Maybe these horror... Maybe what they need is these horror movie directors to help bring in this nitty-gritty universe that they want to do. But it's funny because uh, DC does have a nitty-gritty universe, definitely, especially with the the last um, couple of entries into their universe. But this film, you know, uh, seems to be a bit lighter. It's going to be starring, like you said, Zachary. Well, it's uh, a man-child Levi. superhero. Yeah, exactly. It's a man-child superhero. I've always wanted to see Shazam because when I watched that... Uh, I think it was I don't remember the name of the title. You could probably help me out, but it was Go the ahead. Shazam Superman uh, cartoon. I think movie. it's like Shazam Superman against Black Adam or something like that. Yeah, it's that, that's called, what, like, yeah. Just, yeah, Shazam Superman. So that and that movie was great because uh, even his appearance in Justice League, the cartoon, right. when he was face when he was fighting Superman, they brought him. He, they brought Shazam in to be in the main line of Justice League films for the for their animated universe, and Shazam also played a big part in their first Injustice movie and uh, game slash movie. So they've been trying to push this uh, IP, you know. Uh, they bought the the rights to Captain Marvel, the character Captain Marvel from Fawcett Comics, DC did. And since then, they've been trying to find a way to work him into the mythos. I know that uh, when the New 52 came out, Jeff Johns' uh, Justice League, at the back of every issue or arc was um, a little piece of Shazam's history. So they've been legit trying to work this IP for a while. And with Captain Marvel coming out literally that year, the next month after Captain Marvel or so, We'll get the original Captain Marvel Shazam. Uh, Zachary uh, Levy and Asher Angel play Billy Batson. We got Mark Strong there as Dr. Savannah. Which I can't wait because I love Mark Strong and everything he does. Yes. I, wasn't Mark Strong in Green Lantern? Uh, I think he had a role. Was he not, was he not um, Sinestro? He might have been Sinestro. Yes, yes he was. Mark um, Strong was Sinestro. You, so you have he was Mar in Kingsman too. Look at that. He's just showing up everywhere. 
Uh, Mark Strong plays Dr. Savannah, uh, a villain of Shazam's. Uh, we also have Jack Dylan Grazer as Freddie Freeman. Um, but off the bat, you can tell just the comedic nature is way different in this film than any other DC. Well, uh, I can't see any. I can't see the other writer, but one of the writers is credited for being a major screenwriter for Shrek Forever After. So, okay. so he. So, so there is definitely some so one of the there. so one of the screenplay writers does have a childlike, you know, writing under his credit. Right, and I, I, I'm not gonna lie. One of the takeaways from the trailer is the kid that plays Freddie Freeman, uh, Jack Dylan Grazer, seems to be a natural. He seems to... Oh, the one that was helping the Billy the, Batson do the training and stuff? Yeah. Yo, he looked... He kind of looked hilarious. Like You know, he se- he seemed to really be a natural and these child actors, it's not easy to, to grab uh, yeah, but ever compelling since child it, actors. Like, ever since these kids have been coming surfacing well, have from it, Stranger, things. Stranger Things. That was exactly the thing. Is once right. this wave of kids started surfacing in Stranger Things, all of a sudden child acting actually started getting up there because I remember for a long time child actors were either always these annoying divorcee kids or they were always yeah. sick and in the way well not only that then you have the the deep dark net of, of child actors you know and what happens after them once they get used and abused by these studios so people try to stay away from that for for quite some time they don't want another drew barrymore situation on your hands but uh this film does seem to want to it's funny because the song in the background is be humble by um or humble by kendrick lamar it's a remix of that yeah. song and it's almost a meta commentary on dc right like be a little humble, like like well, <laughs> sit look down. At the, look at the waves we've been getting. <laughs> like ever, it's not even that we've had any breath of fresh air to slow down. Ever since Batman Begins, all we've been getting is these nitty gritty DC movies. Yeah. Once Nolan stepped away, and then we had this DC EU thing, and then look, Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, Justice League, Wonder Woman, Suicide Squad. All of these are either dark lit movies or just dark toned movies. What do you I, think is going to set this one different? The fact that it's a man-child as a superhero, so we have an excuse to have these fart piss and fart jokes. We already know it's not going to be brooding if he's a child. Exactly. Children don't really brood. They might get a little bit you, of an attitude you, you or see it in the, the You see it in the trailer when him and Billy, after, when him and uh, Freddie Freeman stop uh, the robbery, and then yeah. they're just walking out, hi, we're, we're, yeah, you're yeah, welcome yeah. for being saved. Hey, we're I'm just going to walk away. Yeah, we're just, and they're just walking away with a bunch of treats and this guy is in a full shazam outfit like, and, the, and the first thing they try to do is get beer so it's, that's kind of cool yeah um, like you see his training sessions and you see him like trying to fly and then falling that's what's going to be the takeaway of this movie is like wouldn't you have a man child as your main star you have excuses and reasons to get away with childlike humor and with childlike humor i would say like probably before if you or even if you've seen stranger things uh you're able to call back to pop culture a lot with children with childlike humor oh, um, yes. but in this one in particular there seems to be a a, a rise of internet culture in the in well, the they're film. younger you see, like yeah and that that would be that generation like look with that, tom holland Tom Holland's 15 in these universe movies. Yeah. A lot of his pop culture references come from movies. Right. He's made three alien movies, movie references in Infinity War. I want to say Billy Batson would be considerably younger than uh, to, uh He would Peter be Parker 9, 10 and... years old, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah, early, early teen, early preteen. I would yeah, give, yeah, I, yeah. So I would give him 11, 12, maybe 12 pushing it. Yeah, you but know? you see them doing the backpack kid dance. So he's going to have meme talk. Right. There's going to be a lot of you don't say type memes and right, you know, right, stuff right. adults aren't going to understand, but kids are going to want their parents to bring them back. That, that's where it's going to be. That's where it's going to have to be. You know, and, what, and you know what? If I was a father, I would be more likely to, sh- to bring my kid to a Shazam movie than I would to bring him to Suicide Squad or Justice Def- League. Definitely. And you, there's almost an, uh, it's a non 
factor the the idea that DC does these dark movies because once you see this trailer, it's like, oh, I can see myself sitting there. It was the same reason why that. they fired Tim Burton in '92 because oh, yeah. Cause Cause Batman ha- Returns Happy wasn't Meals. marketable for kids. <laughs> Happy Meals, you can't they make pulled, Happy Meals about well, the cat that licks the all, penguin. They pulled all the Happy Meals from Hilarious. the shelf. But I dug the effects. Probably the uh, no, no. Best the part effects of it. was another big takeaway. When you see that Shazam scene where he the transitions, actual, like right. he's walking, and you see the lightning strike. That and was then he's so a grown awesome. man. <laughs> he's that a grown was so man awesome. trapped in a a little kid trapped in a grown man's body. And that's what I've wanted to see live and on the big screen for so long. Is that little kid walking with his red hoodie and just say Shazam and bam? You know, I you know would be interesting to do uh, after all these uh, trailers. We should rank our um, anticipation from one to five. So, with this, with the music, the tone, the special effects, and everything like that, I'm 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 pretty on the cusp of anticipating this movie. I'm I would say about a about a four, or probably four out of five, just because Shazam's not really my thing. But I I am willing to sit there and let them tell me a story about him, which is much uh, which. I have a lot more anticipation for that than I did, I would say, for uh, Justice League, which I was a little bit hesitant for. Justice League won an award, remember, for uh, most anticipated movie of the year, and then seemingly uh, crapped the bed. So with this, I don't know enough of it to crap the bed in my eyes. That's exactly what I was going to say. I I haven't read much of Captain Marvel in comics, but as far as everything I've seen in cartoons and played him in the video games, I have always had a love and an interest for Captain Marvel, Shazam. Right. Everything about it just like you can't go wrong. Like there, you have all the steps in front of you. A character like this, you cannot go wrong wrong with. Jeff Johns is also going to be writing uh, a brand new Shazam. Uh, I, I'm, it might be an ongoing series. I have to double check that, but they're bringing him back. You know, so um, there's going to be synergy where. A lot of people will be seeing this hero for the very first time in theaters and hopefully then going to read the rest of his stories that DC ends up telling through their publication. And I hope they can get get trilogies out of that. But as far as as far, I don't want to I don't want to expect anything because ever since Logan trailer <laughs> and Logan movie, I don't do expectations. Oh, we'll, do, anymore. we'll do our Logan review uh, at another I, I, date. I, I'm going to have to I have to watch it one more time. But uh, my, as far as like from what I've seen in this trailer, the, if I'm going to rate the trailer, the trailer was a solid five. OK, I was entertained. Yeah, I want to see more, but not, but not see more. I'm glad that it was at what it was at. I kind of get a feel of it. You know, the kids, the kids, an orphan. He finds the old go, like the the old god. He becomes Shazam. The wizard, yeah, the wizard uh, Shazam. We see that. I don't really know, uh, you know much of a villains outside of. I have actually, I don't know any villains outside of Black Adam. So, <laughs> well, what I know about Doctor Savannah is, I think that the wizard came to him first, but then was like, Nah, you're not worthy. You can't be the champion. So Savannah's thing is he has an obsession over the magic that he was never able, like able to wield, like he wasn't worthy to wield. So his whole thing is like, so like I can Loki Thor vibe. Like but, I'm no true also, ruler. I'm the true ruler. But also mad scientist because he believes that he can invent things that would replicate what we believe to be magic. He believes that all magic can be broken down into science and that he can combat. Uh, the effects of magic with his mind. Screw that wizard, right? It's, yeah. not, it's not him. I don't need his magic. I can create my own magic using science. So they will be getting that kind of thing. And that's the man. Did you see that scene where he punches uh, Dr. Savannah? And so Dr. Savannah was able to capture his or hold his hand. So it's like, what's going on there as far as weaknesses are concerned? But yeah, watching them go through and, and try out this whole superhero thing, it's legit what we would all do. It's what we wanted from our Spider-Man. Just like, the this, there's, there's a... There's obviously the great power comes great responsibility stuff, and there's always going to be the um, black cloud of 
of um, like you said, just responsibility. What you have to do now that you're a hero. Yeah, but, but that's before what, you get from there, my understanding of Shazam is he doesn't have an idea of responsibility. He is still just that immature right. kid because he's a foster kid bouncing around. He has no parents to raise him, so he doesn't have that idea of responsibility. So in my head, I see just somebody that you can throw in a superhero suit and just let him do whatever he wants. But we get to see, we get to see him have fun. And that was part of the fun for Spider-Man Homecoming was when he put on the suit and was trying out all the different things that no, yeah, that, that was in it. Stuff like that is is cool. But at the end of the day, Spider- Spider-Man still knows that the loss of Uncle Ben in front of his eyes that he could have stopped it is still why great power comes with great responsibility. Shazam's eyes, with with Billy Batson's eyes is, is it my birthday? Because I just got a new present. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna, exactly, this, right. These superpowers is a toy to him. But I, I wonder if there's going to be a tether in that film. Is something going to tie him down and ground him into the point of, listen, this is a responsibility. Now. And I hope, honestly, I hope they make that kid, Freddy, like a damsel in distress of some type. Some type. Like I have a, him written down as the guy in the chair. He's my Ned Leeds of this film. Oh, man. <laughs> man, Ned was a... Nah, Ned's a great yeah, character. Yeah, Ned's great. That, that's, a real, that's a real friend right and there. And a lot of our childhood is... is, is dictated by the friendships that we that organically form and where the decisions that we make are informed by our friends could you imagine if me and you like if you had superpowers i would do the same thing that they're doing we're gonna go go to the park and we're gonna start training we're gonna see how you fly let's see you run fast yeah i I totally dig that especially when we got a lot of more uh, especially in the dc canon we have a lot more older heroes and their responsibilities are huge when you look at the justice league Every one of them is basically a god, and so their responsibilities are to the world. They're not to, you know, their neighborhood or their adopted family. Um, it, it's for that. I say that to then say we get the Aquaman trailer. Aquaman comes out December 21st, 2018. It will be the last comic book movie of the year, and DC is hopefully swinging for the fences with this. Uh, we, it stars Jason Momoa as Arthur Curry, Patrick Wilson as the Ocean Master, Amber Heard as Mira. We got Black Manta in there. We got his uh, mama, Atlanta. Uh, Voco is going to be in the film. He'll be played by William Dafoe. Um, so th- it's definitely star-studded. And WB doesn't pull out any of the stops when it comes to casting these things. Yeah, no. Like uh, I, I, the only the only reason why I would why I'm going to see it is because Patrick Wilson. I have such a respect for hey, for the hey, for the Second Night Owl. Like I was just about to say, like this will be his first comic book thing. This tangential a, comic book title since uh, this Watchmen. will be a second comic book. No, uh, he was in um no. No, the eighteen wasn't a combo. I was thinking. I thought he was in the losers for a second, but no, he was in. Yeah, Watchmen, and now this would be his second comic book movie. Yeah, um, uh, this is his. Uh, I think like this, like his second or third movie under James Wong's direction, though. Yeah. So James, I'm like curious said, to Wong, see how him and James Wong work together. Director of The Conjuring. What What was your takeaway from uh, the Aquaman trailer? I, I'm not gonna sit here and pander to no audiences. That's not what I do. I speak honestly. I have no interest in this movie from this trailer. Really? I, these fight the fight scenes in the water look like a colorful inconsistent CGI mess. The I, colors was off. One second it was colorful. Yeah, I, can, I mean, I can speak to that. I can speak to that. I, one minute I, it was hyper color palette. The next it's gray and, and, and black. And I think the big issue with the underwater war situation. See, yeah, now, and we were told, and I think we broke this on major issues, but uh, they had asked James Wan, who was taking so long with the trailer, and he's like, the CGI is not done. We have to get this done because, like, 90% of my film is CGI because it's underwater. So until that those final effects are done, we can't show anything. I don't want to show anything that's less than. Um, and the depths of the ocean are dark. That's that's the thing. That's canon in the world. Like, that's what happens. So you have these 
um, images that have to be lit. Like the, the image at the end where there's one team in red lighting and the other team's in blue lighting and they're rushing towards each other. It, 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 he has to do inventive things to create light under the ocean. Yeah, no, I'm I, willing to at I'm least gonna give him a my chance. Di- I'm going to suspend my disbelief with because I know that there is a certain line that you cross where that the light is, that's it. No more sunlight re- reaches the right, ocean. Right, right, right. So if you're literally on the ocean floor, there is no reason why I should see sunlight reflecting off the top of the water. Right. There's you know? a, and you see that image of him jumping with the... I mean, th- that was a cool shot. Him okay. jumping with the uh, flare. It got the, when he had the flare and he, had the, he was on like the back of the shark and yeah, went to eat yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that That was very like Injustice 2 final move. But right, right. Like I, I said, do want to see... You know, we've seen uh, like Troy and 300. I do want to see that, but on... Not horseback, but seahorseback. You know, I would like to I, see. I, oh, I want. I'm so saying it's like jousting on sharks, bro. Come on, you no, can't. It was, <laughs> no, it does, it's, it, there's ideas and concepts, and that's what the problem with DC. That I, you know, what the problem with DC is, they don't have Kevin Feige. So you think they, they don't have you think Kevin they, Feige? They go moment to moment instead of cohesive story to cohesive yes. story. There is literally Easter eggs and callbacks in Avengers Infinity War from the first Iron Man ten years ago. Do you know what kind of attention to detail? Yeah, that, that's, what, that's the, exactly what that is. The other day. I was watching 10 Easter eggs. Sorry, 10 times Marvel was stuck to continuity. Yeah. Remember in the first event, in the first uh, Captain America, the first Avenger? Yes. When he was drawing the monkey on a unicycle in the Captain America outfit? Yep. In Civil War, that's in his office, in one of his offices, oh, hung up cool. in a frame in the background in a very lit way. In Spider Man Homecoming, the principal is the same actor that was in Steve Rogers' battalion in the Second World War. Oh, That's wow. supposed to be his like, great nephew. Like, yeah, his great grandson. His ancestor. To the grandfather's war picture is on the back in the principal's office. Like, I think I did see that. I did see that. Like, uh, the Asian principal. Yes, right. and, the, and the pictures in the back, it's the same uh, family. Like, yeah, these are about- attention to details that you are not going to get anywhere else under the guise of Kevin Feige. But and, I would argue that the charisma. And just the and just the lead villain and lead hero have to lend itself to some kind of like really epic showdown, right? Like, I mean, because I know more about these two probably than I would say about a. I mean, I knew Michael B. Jordan and and, and uh, Chadwick Boseman and stuff like that, but Patrick Wilson is so compelling, and Jason Momoa literally oozes no, charisma. The Can they do this? They Can get, they? They get do the this great wrong? actors. The problem is, is they have fantastic casting. They are intelligent with this casting, but they have nothing to show for it. Look how long it took the Avengers to, to be the Avengers. Look how long it took Justice League to be Justice League once they realized they want to establish a, a universe. Yeah. MCU want, uh, knew that they were going to establish this universe two years before the first Iron Man and uh, three years before the first Iron Man. To tell you the truth, the biggest problem with this trailer is that it should have came out in 2016. <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest problem because had this movie come out before Justice League, it would have set it would have been the volleyball set up for what ends up happening with Justice League, where we see where we trust and like uh, Aquaman, you know, a bit more. That's, that's we the had problem. no background with this, so now we're gonna jump into Atlantis. And while Marvel built their built their car, where it stopped at every solo film and eventually let everyone off at the um, the Avengers film, this is gonna do the opposite, where it's going to drive. It drives everyone to Justice League, and then if you want to get off before we get to Aquaman or before we get to Wonder Woman, like you don't have to watch any no, of these. Yeah, because it's so, a, it's it's an express train versus a local stop. Exactly. You know, and then that's the problem. It's like everybody knew who all these characters were in Avengers. 
we're in and, and Justice League, we're just supposed to expect the audience to know who Cyborg is because of Teen Titans cartoons, because he's Cyborg. They do they try and use so much they put they rely too heavily on word of mouth. I think I think my other issue with this is like you were saying, you know, about just thinking that the character has enough to um, clout to yeah, clout to go sell on its movies. Own. It's the same way with the Justice League thing, where I felt like they didn't do enough of enough homework to get those guys off and running. And now we have an issue where we just saw Aquaman deal with a universe, a universe threatening, uh, a universe threatening threat, a universe destroying threat in the mother boxes and Steppenwolf and all that kind of stuff. He does. Um, you know, with this storyline, it seems to be the storyline in which Ocean Master is going to try to wage war against the surface. And it'll be the war for the throne. So, it, you know, on the scale, a little bit smaller, but it just, like, when we get to Wonder Woman, that's not going to, I don't think it's going to be world uh, world threatening threats. I keep doing that. But, you know, I, I wonder if uh, the lack of, of of scale, not with this film, because obviously we have an entire underwater battle and Earth is 70% water, but with the, the other the characters don't look interesting at all. I have no idea who Aquaman is. He suppo- isn't he like born in the ocean? He's now a hu- half human, half mermaid. Like, so I'll so I'll do this real quick because I do believe that both Aquaman and Black Manta's origins will be in this film. So usually, what ends up happening and what looks like to be happening, as far as the trailer is concerned, is that Aquaman's mother ends up getting injured and washing up on shore. His father, the Lightkeeper, uh, takes her in, and then they do fish stuff. Uh, she ends up being pregnant with child and wants to stay on the surface, wants to quit being queen of Atlantis, um, but realizes that she can't and decides to hide uh, Arthur on Earth so that no one else would know and come for him. Uh, while she goes back to uh, her rule, she ends up having to marry the lead of the Atlantean, Atlantean guard. They have a child. His name is uh, Orin, or no, Orm, which is Ocean Master. Um, and he ends up becoming the person next in line for the throne because Arthur doesn't even want it. Like, Arthur's father doesn't want him to want it, and Arthur doesn't want it. So Orm's going to have it. Uh, when Orm's father dies, Aquaman's mother tries to go back to the Earth. Like, like remember, like I said, she, that's all she wanted to do was, like, to go to Earth. This is, like, the 13th year. This is, like, Disney's the 13th year right. with the mermaids. So she definitely wants to go back, um, and Volko, who's going to be played by Willem Dafoe, he's, like, their uh, advisor, he's going to help her, but then she wants to take the kid, Orm, and he's like, that's going to be a little harder. Let me see what I can figure out. And when she goes back to tell her that the plan is set up for her to escape, she's dead. And she, he blames the death on Orm and believes that Orm did it so that he could become the next king of Atlantis. So by the time Justice League happens, his mother's already dead because Mira has that conversation with him about you should take the, the seat, your brother, your brother, your brother. Um, so that that is a definite... What ends up happening after that, which is kind of crazy, is um, Aquaman, uh, uh, you know, he starts to exhibit some powers. So the father goes to like this scientist, um, Dr. Shin, I want to say is his name. And the scientist is enamored because he knows all about this Atlantean history and stuff and believes that Atlantis is a real place. No one wants to believe him. So he's like, you know, um, I could do more research. I can find out more answers. The father gets upset, destroys all the evidence that this Atlantean kid exists and uh, the, the professor becomes a, la- a laughing stock. So to get him, uh, to get his clout back up, he decides he's going to steal Arthur Curry's blood to prove the existence of Atlantis. And he enlists Black Manta to do it. Black Manta goes to take the blood from a younger Arthur Curry. 
uh, gets into a struggle with Arthur Curry's father, and Arthur Curry's father dies of a heart attack. After Arthur Curry's father dies of a heart attack, Arthur Curry uh, gets furious, goes and seeks out the ship that Black Manta is supposedly on, and accidentally kills Black Manta's father. So they both killed each other's father, and uh, that seems to be set here. The scene that looks like he's taking out a bunch of people on a submarine, I want to say that is him going for the revenge of his father, if I had to guess. So we will be getting the origins of, of Black Manta and Aquaman in this. And I think that uh, Black Manta is going to be the sneak tip uh, villain. I don't think we're going to get much of him, but I do think he's going to be in the future. And quote me on this. If the movie ends with Mira being pregnant, they are killing that child in Aquaman 2. Because canonically, Black Manta kills Aqua Baby. Uh, and that's one of the biggest uh, moments in DC's lore. And that comes like way before what you would consider the attitude era of comics. Uh, you know, so there's that. The the, the character well, has I mean, endured. they are going this uh, dark and gritty path. I, I wouldn't like put it past them to like kill a baby. I, I, yeah. I can see them doing it horribly. I like, can see them just like tastelessly. No, I mean like too quick. Oh, no chance oh, just to, no chance doing, to yeah. milk it and soak up the information of what happens. Just I think that's going to be a setup for the sequel. Minute, I think that the main guy is Ocean Master. One minute you're going to see Aquaman swimming, and you're going to hear crying and a baby, and the next it's just going to be... Yeah, it's just, and that's then it. Everybody you're you're not knows it. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. Oh, my God, that's terrible. Um, But I'm, I'm going to give it a 5 out of 5, man. I'm ready to see this, only because... Uh, I always like the first movie of somebody because it's their chance to educate me. I'm going to say, I'm at your mercy. Just same way with Shazam. I Tell me the story you want to tell me. Whereas uh, a lot of these other things, I will have my arms crossed and I will be expecting a story. And if you don't give me the one I want, I'm going to be very upset. Listen, uh, if food was trailers, if food, if trailers was food. So you bring me out an entree of trailers to eat and t- tell me, sample this and that's what I'm going to bring out for you. This trailer was a zero. This trailer was garbage. What they there the was tra- an end. The ending of the trailer, they jumped out of a helicopter into the desert. Yeah, that was kind of weird. They're it, it, fish there was, creatures into the desert. There's definitely a Black Panther vibe uh, as far as like driving. I mean, I'm flying over the city, the the really advanced city that no one knows about. Um, there's scenes of Killmonger putting on his mask and Black Manta putting on his mask. Well, uh, then, if I don't get William Dafoe saying the strength of the Aquaman <laughs> will be stripped away. The strength of the fish, man. The strength like of it. the Sebastian will be stripped away. What are those? And then I'm going to... What are those, by the way? <laughs> the, the lobsters that can sing. What are those? So, uh, Aquaman, you saying that's a zero? I'll give it a five. I gave Shazam before I gave uh, Aquaman a five. Um, then DC comes swinging... With you know the CWDC TV, you know uh, they're all coming back. They're all coming back. Flash is coming back. Black Lightning is coming back. Legends of Tomorrow is coming back. Supergirl is coming back. Arrow is coming back. Arrow, I want to say it's in its seventh season. Yeah, you know, which is looking up. It was like in its seventh. It's his grandfather, you know. But this they this will be the fourth year in a row that they have um like basically a week's worth of television to not only yeah, don't produce, they do like a crossover once once a year i remember like last year was an, was an awesome like crisis on infinite earth type yeah crossover. it was with the nazis um so the last year or the, i guess this this tv year right last yeah, in this seasons, tv year season or whatever um i felt a, a distinct decline in quality and i can only point to um producer andrew kreisberg's uh you know him being released from all that 
That was uh, DC the sexual stuff harassment because of the sexual suits, right? harassment. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. The sh- oh, that's right. The showrunner. Yeah. Oh man. That so was everything a- hit almost a pause. You know, Flash season four. Flash is my very favorite, favorite, very favorite um, television show as far as superheroes are concerned. Live action. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that one. As far as but superhero season four was, right now, season four was definitely lacking. Um, and so I'm hoping that. All my favorite shows do better this year. But well, that's like if Kevin Feige got fired tomorrow. The fate of the MCU is now going to look it, like the DCEU. Yeah, you can only be on a treadmill for so long before people realize you're not going anywhere. And that's exactly what happened last year in television with the CW. So hopefully this year does a lot uh, better. Um, with There's enough time has gone where Andrew Kreisberg, when he got released, was in the middle of the TV season. Uh, not enough time has happened that hopefully the replacement has been found and they're doing a lot better. You mentioned crossovers. This year's crossover, uh, it was announced to feature Batwoman. Batwoman is coming oh, to the, the it's going to be Batwoman. Is it going to be Batgirl? Batwoman. See, the, I saw that symbol. I thought it was Batman Beyond. You should have seen uh, me. Yeah. I was, fl- <laughs> I was flipping bricks. No, I thought no, no, it was. Gonna, is, I thought they were going to bring in Batman this Beyond. This is Bruce Wayne's uh, rich cousin. Uh, I want to say Catherine Kane, Kate Kane. Um, she, her, I mean, she is defined. Is there a source material the for her? Or is yeah, she, being she has made? her own books. Uh, Catwoman has a myriad of her own titles under uh, Rebirth and in. Um, oh, see, these are New all like pa- after New Fifty Two. Like this is the DC. Rebirth she existed. Stuff? She existed before New Fifty Two, but I think New Fifty Two made made a point to give her own title and go forth with her. Well, then I'm she's up in, for it. I'm... She's in um, Batman: Bad Blood, the animated show, where it has all the weird members of the Bat family, like Batwing and uh, Nightwing, oh. and all those other kindness. Um, she had a very, very big role in Detective Comics of this year, which is uh, they set up a, a team around Batman, where it's Batman, Robin, Spoiler, Batwoman, Clayface. It's kind of like a you know hodgepodge team there. But she's she's done a lot of big things. But her, I guess I don't want to say her defining trait, but what most people remember about her is that she is a openly gay superhero. Batwoman is so. Um, one of the big problems was they were gonna get. She was gonna get married to Maggie Sawyer, a character on the CW. In the in, I'm sorry, in Supergirl, who's on the CW Supergirl show. But she was gonna get married to her in comics, and DC had to pull the plug because I guess they were scared of what the, what the uh, outcome would be. So that was a big thing. Was like, wow, DC, you were very very progressive, and then all of a sudden, you know, you you change course. But with going with this crossover, you have to believe they touch on it. You have to believe. You know, they highlight the homosexuality. Well, I mean, they're making up Batman. for it now because Supergirl is casting its first transgender superhero, oh, yeah, yeah, Nicole Maines. That. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, one step ahead for progressiveness, you know. Like, uh, I think everybody should get their day in the sun. Superheroism is not exclusive to anybody. Uh, exactly. It is very in- inclusive. Of You know, Eric Lencher fought for hundred for years to prove that <laughs> mutants are the future, Joe. Yes, and mutation is inclusive, not exclusive. Anybody can be a superhero as long as you have a heart for it. And you're answering the call ultimately, right? There's been people better suited to be heroes who never answer the call. So does it really matter if you're built for and this I, or not? I, I'm you just more, built for I'm this. more excited about it's being able to be relatable to a certain demographic. Somebody's I, I, gonna re somebody's gonna see that Batwoman show for the very first time and be like, That's my hero. That's my wait, that's the, the back, hero. The that. Batgirl is that the woman who's playing Batgirl is a trans is the transgender actress. Is she? Because all I got all I got from the news was that super that supergirl is casting a, tra- a transgender Yeah, I seen actress. I seen that. That's no, that I character see. is gonna be playing a character called Dreamer. Um, I think that might be an alien, an alien thing, but I don't think they've casted actual Batwoman yet because the crossover I think is going to introduce her, and that's another question in itself because DC, 
and the CW has separated Supergirl's universe from everybody else's. Even maybe even Black, same, maybe even student? Black Lightning. I think Black Lightning, let's say, would, would uh, takes place on Earth three. Supergirl takes place on Earth two. Flash, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, and Arrow take place on Earth one because. Um, there's been no mention of Black Lightning or anybody else in history. Like, there's been no mention on the other shows about Black Lightning, and there's been no mention of anybody else in Black Lightning show. Um, and then it was stated as a fact that Supergirl's universe is not the same universe as the Flash, Black Lightning. So the then, the only way they have done crossovers is through what, the multiverse. So the, last, run? the last crossover, the one that you're talking about, they built Kara uh, a, a interdimensional travel device. Uh-huh. So. Um, the first time that they ever crossed over, Flash ran so fast that he ended up on her Earth, and that they That's they had an episode uh, of weird together. Writing, but okay. Well, it, the idea is that well, you know, she shows up, he shows up, and she's like, "Who are you?" And he's like, "Who am I? I'm the Flash." And she's like, "The what?" And she's like, "He's like Green Arrow, the Atom, you know, uh, you know, Deathstroke." And he, she's like, "I have no idea what you're talking about." And he goes. Ooh, I think I'm on the wrong Earth. So they, you know, they they play around with that idea. So I don't know which Earth the Batwoman would be in. I would actually like it if the Batwoman was in Supergirl's world and they eventually built up to their own BVS kind well, of thing. I, <laughs> you know, I need a, I need a Birds of Prey, a better one than the CW originally tried doing. And yeah, yeah, I mean, you got you have um, what's her name? You, Canary's yeah, around. Yeah, you have Canary. You have uh, Supergirl. You, you can you get could, a Catwoman you can, in there. You can throw a poison ivy in there. Listen, if you don't think a... you can bring back old Helena. Huntress oh, can yeah. come Huntress back was, like uh, Huntress was on Arrow. Huntress yeah, right. was the best part of Arrow, and they like threw her aside <laughs> for one episode. It was. It she was did so add a lot of ter- conflict. Yeah. She was, but she could, was broken. But could you imagine? But take away Canary for a second. Like, could you imagine if they would have just rolled with the Huntress for at least one more season? I think they put her in too early. It was the issue. That's the problem. They put her in too early. She was here for an episode. All she, all the conflict was is she wanted revenge on her father, and Ollie was trying to be a better person. But no, yeah. Ollie wasn't even trying to be a better person because he was killing it this time. Right. He wasn't trying to be a better person until he lost his best friend. And speaking of Oliver, he seems to be in prison this season. Uh, Oliver seemingly locked behind bars with everyone he's ever locked away, which is going to be fun to see how they uh, take oh, on the man. I want to see how this comes to fruition. Like, um, I was watching the, the trailer for this today. Did you see Cody Rhodes? Cody uh, Rhodes is in that trailer because he plays a uh, some guy named Samson who sells Stardust. A drug, <laughs> a drug in Arrow. I thought that was pretty. That was pretty cool. You get callbacks. Like Eddie Jones, that I think, trailer, is in there. Uh, Chad Coleman returns. He plays a villain. He'll be in there. So that's kind of cool. Who's that old man with like uh, that bald old guy? I got it. Because uh, I remember in the trailer, I remember they were they did a cut where they were showing the comic book character next to the actor and actress. Ah. I don't know if you saw this trailer. but I've seen the one where they were tr- they were trying to show how their CW shows match with the comic books. That's the one I think that eventually yeah, ends where, with that announcement editing, that Batwoman... Where the Batwoman... was where you could see like Flash in his comic book drawn style and then you see the, the Grant Gustin playing... Yeah, you, yeah there like, was Richard Dragon. Um, they showed they showed the thinker with the, with the things sticking out of That's what I'm talking head. about. Yeah, the thinker, I guess. Yeah, they had the thinker there. That, looked, that, that dude looks sick. That was a Flash season four villain. Uh, Flash is... His season seems to be dealing about with his daughter has come back from the from the future and him dealing with that i like i said i just hope in general it's it's better than last season his villain seems to be a guy named cicada who was also hit by lightning and believes that him and flash are fated because they were both chosen was it that dude in the wheelchair that was like being a nice guy in front of everybody was but was actually oh no that's my man that's that's uh that's uh eobar thorn 
in in no, this... no 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 uh, the that the other in like the later seasons. Oh no, was... that's the thinker. That's the thinker. Yeah, that's the thinker. That's the thinker. I yeah. liked I liked that guy where he was like where in front of everybody he was just this nice guy, but and and he was making Barry look like a crazy yeah. person. He was like going into his house and breaking in. Yeah and yeah yeah. Trying that was to, like, definitely. Stalk him. Yeah, that, that was that was, was the thinker. Yeah. That was a I thought that was phenomenal. That whole little storyline I liked yeah. how that was going because it really made Flash look like he was losing his mind. Legends seems to be dealing with some of the effects of their time travel that they're messing up and they're going to have to uh, enlist the help of John Constantine, who, you know, he had his own series and uh, it didn't last very yeah, long. I'm so, but... I'm so sad because I actually, I think Constantine is a great character to touch on. Yeah, and now he, at least he'll be on Legends, so that that's a good thing. And it looks like um we see a little glimpse of what looks like Superlex armor in the Supergirl trailer, maybe for Lana Luthor. Maybe she goes in her brother's uh, shoes and does a little bit of that. But CW... Um, is definitely ramping up this year, and the inclusion of the Batwoman um, crossover means a Batwoman show. So we will see where everyone's and gonna fit in this. That's in this where car. it's just it, it opens the it opens doors. It opens doors. Even if they don't bring in Bruce Wayne, they can bring in anybody from not even his Rogues Gallery, but his team. Yeah, they I would, definitely. And you know, they've already Batmanized Arrow. Right? Like they took a lot of Batman things they liked about Batman Give and put it in Arrow. Give me a Batman Beyond. You can do Batman Beyond if you can do so, Legends you know, of Tomorrow. You can do Batman thing. Beyond. I said, I said you bring in Terry McGinnis for uh, Legends of Tomorrow. I said it's, it's exactly it's, it's right Terry there. McGinnis would be. It's right there in front of you. Just grab it and pick it up. Like maybe the introduction of this Batwoman thing. That's what I. That was uh, the first thing that. I said when I saw that. When I saw they. I kind of didn't like the trailer. The one thing I didn't like about the trailer is they showed me the bat symbol before they showed me her. Her. Yeah. I would have loved. To have seen Supergirl talking to like just a shoulder, and you're like, you know, who are you or whatever, and then you see the back, the Batgirl symbol, and I would have flipped. But showing me the Batgirl symbol beforehand, it was just like a cheap. It was like, oh, uh, 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 yeah, it's I like seeing the the X Men X in Avengers Four and finding out Toad is is showing up for the yeah it's <laughs> like, it's for the like, crossover. Oh, wait, wait. oh no, wait, that's not what I wanted. Like, me, if you ask me, bucket list wise, my my crossover event, if I could write a crossover event for this. I do Tower of Babel with Arrow. I say that Arrow, Oliver Queen, has a contingency plan against every meta he's ever met, and somebody finds it and uses it, exploits it. They Wait, trap Tower Supergirl. of Babel is is the that's the that, that's that's before it was Doom on the yes. animated. That's yeah. what it's interpret. That's what exactly. its uh, source material is. It's yes. called the Tower of Babel. Yep. Yeah. So I say you do that with Arrow. You I make see, him. I can see that. You, him, for, him, and um, I can see him and Diggle doing it behind even Felicity's back. And Black Lightning, he has Black Lightning weaknesses. He has the weaknesses for the Wave Rider. He has the weaknesses for Supergirl. Yeah, and and Flash, and how broken, how heartbroken they all are that he would take these precautions because he knows everybody. He knows White Canary. He knows Barry. You know, he knows uh, Kara. Exactly. And that's so, why I can I can even see him losing Felicity. Because that of way, like that, because yeah. of like, not only because of Adam, your but friends? because of the friendly, because of your her friends, her Ollie? heart, <laughs> her, her relation, her friend, her friendship with Vibe, and yeah, um, uh, yeah Caitlin, and, and Caitlin, exactly. You know, like uh, even Barry, even she's akin to Barry. So like, I can see her being like Oliver. You know, you don't trust anybody, and that's your problem. And if you can't trust us, we we don't should be near you. And I could see that, and that would be perfect to have a dark, conflicted. Arrow that doesn't know who, what's up and what is down. Because they played him very much like Batman where, where prep time Arrow can do anything. So you write that story, you have a fan for life. I'm not, acting like I'm not a fan for life already though. No, like I didn't I didn't think Arrow was going to do anything and I'll never forget the day that I saw like just that the, the classic Arrow poster, the Steve yeah. Rommel shirtless with the yeah, quiver with, over and him. The, and the scars. Yeah, like I remember seeing that poster in the city and I was like, this is going to be stupid. 
And then just one one night, it was like two o'clock in the morning. I was like, I need something to binge. Arrow season one and two was right on Netflix, and I fell in love. I thought this was unlike anything I've seen. This was like a, an MCU film in episodic form. I got to see stuff that was as dark and gritty as Winter Soldier, but as emotional and thought-provoking as Civil War, but as fun as, as like, Thor. Like, Yeah, and the crazy thing about it is Arrow serves as the Iron Man of his franchise, of these franchise of shows, right? It, yeah, he's, he's, the, head, he's the head honcho. He's the it's showrunner. On his, it's on his spine that the rest of these shows exist, and I wonder what the DC... CW universe looks like without Arrow. If Arrow ever decides, like after season eight, we're done. Uh, you know, do they pick up new heroes? Um, does the does the roster change? But we all know they got the space for it because what was also announced was coming fall 2018, the DC Universe streaming service. Seven ninety nine a month. Can't wait. Seven ninety nine a month, ladies and gentlemen. Change, baby. Change. And if you I, type I, this promotional code in now, no. I'm sorry, <laughs> if you type in this promotion, uh, promotional code in now, you can pre-order free of charge. It's free to pre-order, but you still got to pay the price that they make you pay for the for the streaming service. Um, but yeah, um, I've already kind of sort of jumped the gun. I'm, I'm I've already signed up. Uh, you signed up. Yeah, the money is I think, gone. I think I'm about to. I'm, I think I might sign up I'm for because so I'm going to argue with my wallet. But the money's already gone, and uh, so I am looking forward to them dropping a bunch of content this fall. And we got a look at two projects that seemingly are done. Uh, one of them being Titans. Titans, man. You know, we we and you just saw Teen Titans go, and without spoiling it, you know that that franchise is alive and well. Uh, so with yeah, this apparently uh, Jade Wilson lied. I thought they don't do uh, movies about sidekicks and oh, stuff no, like no. that. But it now we got a whole te- now we got a whole episodic season about this. And the Titans trailer drops, and the first thing that you know makes me raise an eyebrow is we get a TVMA warning, and I'm like, well, what am I about to see here? And uh, it ain't even nothing. It not really is anything. Uh, uh, they he uses the f word again uh, uh, on Batman. That's one of the biggest moments of it. But it's a blasphemy it's very, is what it is. That you ungrateful <laughs> little twerp. We also see him like shooting people. There was like a moment of him using somebody's gun to shoot people, which is yeah, very, like, not, it's not like, a very it's like, come on, guy, do. do you understand the Wayne family? It's, it's like, do you understand? You know, uh, definitely a grittier remake. And with them having their own streaming service, they can do whatever they want with these characters. They can curse. They can make the uh, episodes three hours long. This is going to be their format. Um, but I've, I've heard some some criticisms. You know, I've heard that uh, it looks fan-made. It does. My favorite, probably, uh, comment that I've gotten is, "Wow, this uh, season of Riverdale looks crazy." <laughs> that was that was hands oh, down man. my favorite uh, favorite criticism lobbied against it. Um, it was kind of weird because I saw I saw on Twitter I saw a picture of a regular civilian woman at a San Diego Comic Con doing a cosplay of Starfire. Yeah, and it looked two hundred million times better than the cosplay choicing of. Yeah, people seem to be making that a race thing. Because she looks like it's not no, it's not a race. It's not it's a not, race you thing. Know what it is? It's not a race. She's thing. wearing a fuzzy shortcut top. She looks like a prostitute from the seventies. And the hair is like a pink. It's not really a, like a fire red. It's like a Yeah, candy it's like some bubblegum pink. She, right. She's got like this purple like like leather dress that comes up to her thighs. Which she, that's canonical, but why have then the fur coat over that? But that, yeah, but she just, <laughs> she looks like she's trying to be 
Pam Greer and Foxy Brown. Like, yeah, it, it was a little bit uh, starting. It was and, the, it's not the then, race, it's the costume choicing. If, if, I, if you could take away from anything that I say, it's the costume choicing. That's literally Because I love Beast Boy. I think Beast Boy looks awesome to me. I love that jacket. Yeah. I might want to find that jacket and get it. It's the costume. The costume tells you everything. I wonder what the budget is going to be for this because, it's you a know, a lot service. of people... It it's not Netflix, but, you know... Yeah. That's why they should have waited for this Titan thing. Give it a couple of years. Get yourself, like, you know, a fan base. Get some money. And then you can... Look how long it took Netflix to do their original programmings. Yeah. Now Netflix has a whole Marvel franchise on their original programming. But I think that a lot of these uh, uh, companies that are starting these streaming services uh, think that it's an incentive. That that something exists on their service that doesn't exist elsewhere. Um, you're right. Netflix took uh, quite some time before, it, uh, probably what the last five years, maybe. It's only been four. <laughs> it's only been four years. Yeah, that's four or five years. It hasn't been all that long. But WWE, when they came out with their streaming service, they made sure they had programming. Yeah, but WWE has clout. Exclusive. Well, DC has clout. You don't I'm think DC has clout? <laughs> DC has clout. Come on. Even if it's just for the animated Batman series. Okay, fine. For the an- for the animation alone, not even the Batman, for the animated movies alone. And I'll imagine give DC all, they would all be there. All the animated movies would be there. Linda Carter, uh, seventy seven Wonder Woman. Uh, Christopher Reeves is coming in there. We got. Uh, Are we gonna get the old George Reeves Superman Adventures? Maybe the I say we should. I want the Max the, Fleischer cartoons. I want the, the old Dean 60s. Kane Super- Adventures of Lois and Clark. I want. <laughs> I want the. I don't know about all that. <laughs> uh, we'll see if Birds of Prey shows up or we get Smallville. You know, there's a bunch oh, of that small, stuff, man. All that stuff, Hulu too. all of that stuff, uh, Static Shock, all of that stuff seemingly in oh, the ether for DC wait, to grab on. We can get, oh man, if we can get Batman Beyond back. You understand? And they could p- potentially continue them the same way Netflix has on their streaming service. Yeah, I basically see the DC streaming service as what WWE Network is, just with everything DC. Just like you can get their podcast, you can get their And they're also doing program. Po- um, comics on there too. Wait, like you can like you Yeah, can you can read, read like, DC vision, comics, like, yeah. So you would like press the button like it would skip or you put it on a loop and stuff like yeah, that. Um, that I'm it, actually down for. It's going to open up their library. I don't know how extensive it's going to be. Audiobooks. But even if they do only a third of their library, this company has existed since the 30s. So, you know, we'll be good on well, that. Well, they are doing something that Marvel isn't because there isn't a Marvel streaming service. There's a yeah. Marvel app. Yeah, but Disney seems doing the same thing, which is what people were having an issue with. They were wondering whether or not Disney was going to pull their Marvel Netflix shows off of Netflix because only certain Disney movies are right now on Netflix. Um, nothing, I don't think, older well, like, than like full three years Disney, ago. Or you talk about like Marvel? Marvel Disney. Oh, I know Mar- Disney's going to come out with a streaming story straight up. And that's going to have... Uh, I was just looking stuff. at it yesterday, actually. The only Marvel movies that are on Netflix is... Ragnarok uh, and Civil War, right? Is Ra- Ragnarok, Civil War... Doctor Strange? Doctor Strange and um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah. Those are the only ones that are on right now. Right. Nothing from the past. And so that made people believe that they might be taking their ball and going home with it, you know, and starting their own service. And with, I thought that guys that with, with Disney, though, right? Because this is not, we're not talking about Warner Brothers Universe. We're talking about DC Universe. So it's going to be a little bit different because if Disney does their streaming service, they could seemingly do a streaming service that's all inclusive with Star Wars, Pixar, Disney Animation and Marvel and and Fox, <laughs> so yeah. so literally half of your childhood would be on one streaming service. Yeah, but then that would like uh, th- then Netflix loses half of its fucking. Is that Disney's problem? <laughs> <laughs> the house of mouse don't play, baby. The house of mouse don't play. Um, we got a, a quick look at Hawk and Dove. Seem to be on it. Uh, Dick Grayson seems to be a little old. Raven seems to be a little emo. I'm not trying to 
trash the trailer, but I probably was, cool. it was the, the, the Teen Titans Go movie was a little bit more enjoyable than seeing this, you know? Uh, not everyone, like I, we say this all the time, but you can't paint everyone with the same brush. You can't paint everyone with this dark and gritty and realistic brush because when you have a kid with green hair and green skin that can turn into a snake, you know, you can't be having the dark and brooding but you know, they're teen. It's in the name, and they're not even putting the teen. That's the worst. They're the, oh, this, they didn't make it Teen Titans. It's just Titans. So they this, have that, they this. Have that this excuse. sounds weird. They have the excuse that they don't have to be teenagers. This sounds even weirder. Now they sound like some super powered aliens from another planet that are like the champions of tomorrow, the well, Titans. Well, and they would look at that. Cyborg can't be on the team because Cyborg got upgraded to Justice League. So that's how that happens. He so got, who are we gonna get? Blue Beetle. I'm down for Blue Beetle. I would be surprised if we get Blue Beetle. But Blue Beetle is actually a character in the next little bit of uh, teaser we got. Young Justice Outsiders. Okay, uh, I am confused to holy hell from this trailer. I think that they were just pulling literally two to three oh, seconds. It didn't even scenes look like every... a trailer. It looked like just footage from an episode. Every episode. Yeah. It was it was one to two, three scenes from every single episode. This was definitely not a trailer. I'm down for what it what it looks like a dope looking storyline. Apparently, like I guess the in, injustice is young justice is no more or? yeah it seems to be a, t- a time jump which makes sense because it was eight years since the last season and people have been calling for a new season of this show forever remember that? oh there was a there Petitions was an uproar every i heard that even like netflix was supposed to take up the third season it did a lot of good for characters like um aqualad and stuff like that who people didn't have much oh, of a background oh, yeah. story for and then personally, personally for me it, would, it was people like uh arsenal and yeah. artemis like i never even knew that green arrow had any kind two. of so like, yeah, like, like one, two, yeah, two. Like what? So um, they seem to be uh just trying to uh do a time jump. Um, Wally seems to be gone from this, and I don't know what yeah, he's coming uh, back. Well, 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 the last season he he, he like sacrificed gone, yeah. himself. I remember he like which is very Wally period. Like this is what we're dealing with in the comics too. Where yeah, Wally but this was a kind. For this quite was a beautiful time. little nod. This was this wasn't like him racing against himself to save his mom. This was like protege and master like seeing each other right. for the last time. But we will see if they do like they did in the comics and if someone pulls Wally out of the Speed Force after the sacrifice. Because that's what's currently going on in comics now and I can I can see that being a touch point. But if it's not, then Impulse will just take his cow, you know, seemingly, <laughs> take, take the mantle and, and go off with it. The main crux of this uh, season seems to be metahuman trafficking. Uh, they're going to stop um, people from moving people from, I think, Markovia. And you hear that... Um, what is her name? Tara Markovia was kidnapped. Remember the the, the there's like a uh, there's like a royal family. Yeah, they're saying their daughter was kidnapped. Their daughter ends up being Tara from Judas Contract fame. So I wonder if they're bringing her in or what the deal is with that. That that'd be pretty interesting. But Young Justice is here, and with that and Titans, Swamp Thing is going to be coming by James Wan, live action. Uh, there's going to be Wan a, is covering the, the that he's going to cover the Swamp Thing television thing? show. Yep. Is that going to be on the DC streaming DC service? DC streaming service. Uh, I got to get the Harley, DC streaming Harley service. Harley Quinn TV MA animation. Wow. DC streaming oh, TV. service. Okay, animation. I'm down for yeah, that. Yeah, DC streaming service. All right, nice for that, if now that there's a DC streaming service, they should just put the Joaquin Phoenix Joker yeah, right, origin right, right. Straight, to, straight to DC streaming service. That's it. Uh, so you got Titans, like I said, and Young Justice. So all that will be coming to the DC streaming service, which I already have, so I just can't wait for them to hit the pedal to metal with that. But DC came... Pretty heavy with the, with the trailers at San Diego Comic Con. No, yo, they they had some good trailers. Marvel literally just came out of theaters. You know, we still have Ant-Man and the Wasp in theaters, and uh, Infinity War was not that long ago, and Black Panther took all the money. So <laughs> Marvel didn't really have much to say. And with, besides, what James, does Marvel have to say right now? Marvel literally put 
their junk on the table and said, your move, DC. Um, you know, they like I said, they took all the money. The, the biggest thing to come out of Marvel was the James Gunn situation. But as far as uh, movies and TV goes... Uh, they showed an Iron Fist yeah, trailer. Iron, ladies and gentlemen, do we have to talk a, about it? There was an Iron Fist trailer. I'm not really interested. If in this, it. if Iron Fist season two is able to win me over, then you know, hats off. I'm not, I'm not somebody who holds grudges, even though they took <laughs> ten hours of my life, <laughs> ten plus hours of my life, and did absolutely nothing with it. Big Lebowski uh, with superpowers. You understand? I need, I need something a little better, and hopefully they, they'll do this because oh, the trailer was just him beating up people in an alley, uh, but. We got to see a better Danny Rand in Luke Cage and a better Danny Rand Defender. So hopefully this will be the the, the hat trick. Well, was it the same director, same no, writers no, and stuff? Different so, different writers. So and exactly, stuff. So, whoever directed the first season, I hope they didn't bring him back for the second one. But they obviously have seen the criticisms because we see a little bit of fight redemption. We see him actually fight people, and they don't cut away. It's not all these crazy cuts where you can't tell who's hitting who. Well, you and, showed me from a long time ago that Kevin Smith said it best. You know, no one wants to see. Uh, a whole TV show about Danny Rand and the struggle to get his family name back, right? Or, or boardroom meetings or any of that kind of stuff. Like that's and not the man's walking around New York City in a in a two hundred dollars suit and barefoot. Yeah, like this isn't. Like I get it. Danny Rand is barefoot and on all this stuff, but it's just there's certain yeah. things I don't need to see. They'll be introducing the villain Typhoid Mary. I have no idea who season. that is. I've seen her in Daredevil. She kind of like a half face, but I definitely got to do my research on Typhoid Mary. If you guys are a fan of Typhoid Mary, send us information because, I mean, we like to be educated Oh, yes, here. definitely, please. Any any comics you want us to read, any like panels to check out, definitely look into it. As far as TV and movies are concerned, that is basically the end of what DC and Marvel were able to give us. But you know what we did get? We got a trailer for a little Diddy called Glass. Oh, I'm Seems very like excited. M. Night Shyamalan is back, and he's back to give us another twist. A twist what? on the a su- twist. A superhero. A twist on the superhero mythos. A twist on superhero universes and superhero trilogies. He twisted us all by making us sit through Unbreakable uh, 20, 18 years ago. Let's twist again like we did last summer because Glass is coming out, and this is the low key trilogy, superhero trilogy out of the uh, not the mind of M. Night Shyamalan. The first one being Unbreakable, the second being Split, and now Glass, literally just words Unbreakable, Split, Glass. <laughs> and, um, you know. Man, Samuel L. Jackson. Well, if you look at it, think McAvoy. Think of the titles. Bruce Willis. What's the title of each movie? The first movie was about who? David. Yeah. And him learning that he's different. And why is he different? He's unbreakable. Yeah. And the second movie, we learned about the 23 personalities of a man who is split. Yeah. And now the final movie is we're. I think we're finally going to get to see the fruition of Glass. I just want to see somebody scream so loud that Samuel Jackson shatters simultaneously. <laughs> I wonder if his eardrums can shatter. You know what I'm I just want to see the, this... Uh, t- I, well, I want to see the man in limit. orange Let's take this, let's take this to, the, to the limit. But this is what people have clamored for. This is the realistic take on the superhero myth. There's no capes, no symbols on the chest. No, this is a no very realistic... This is realistic superhero... The superhero story, the, the comic book genre, done, uh, you know... Not tongue-in-cheek, legit, straight-up served like the Dark Knight. It's an everyman. It's, when was the last time you've seen a superhero, supervillain movie that was about the everyman? And we speak a lot about superhero redemption, the act that you, could, you can play a superhero, fail, and get the opportunity to play another one and do it well. You know, well. Maybe this is movie redemption for Shyamalan. Because a lot of people were wondering whether or not he was a hack. 
um, after a couple of you know disappointing films that he had. Well, it, it's not it's not it's not the fact of it's a couple of disappointing films. Every every director has a couple of disappointing films. It's the fact that this man went over eight years of a streak of disappointing films. The Happening, Last Airbender, After Earth, yeah. uh, Devil, The Visit. That was the um, elevator one, right? Yeah, I mean, he wrote he wrote it. It is straight up a Shyamalan story. Right, right, right. That is everything is he about that in movie. the elevator. No, no, he is not. <laughs> he pulls no cameo. He doesn't pull no Shyamalan stuff. But that movie from from beginning to end, from visuals to to dialogue, that movie is a Shyamalan film. So I okay. blame Shyamalan for it. You know, um, like it's just years of a bad streak. But maybe this is his redemption. Maybe this is what what. Well, what for everyone saying that Split favor. was their redemption for them, and to me, it wasn't. I didn't like Split. I didn't I, like it. You know it. what my issue was with Split? Without spoiling it for those who haven't seen it yet, go see it. Um, this is kind of a spoiler, but I was expecting a twist, and when the twist didn't come, I was kind of disappointed because. Shyamalan has made it a point to make his audience feel no, no, dumb. No, no, no. Let, let the audience know. This is stupid. This is <laughs> stupid. Let the audience know that there's a twist, people. But you, it is so dumb that you're going to say, is is that it? Is that? I think that's the twist. Yeah. A- and you're just scratching your head. Like, but I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't mind the film. It was just hard for me to think that someone could really do that. It was boring to me. To me, it was boring. I like I like McAvoy. I think he throws oh, no, McAvoy his, was the, his weight no, and everything that he does. I will does. never say a bad thing about McAvoy. He is a gem, and he was the perfect person to but play you, that role. But now you're about to have Professor X, Nick Fury, and John McClane, <laughs> the three American superheroes. The American superhero trilogy is about to come forth, and it sounds like the villains are teaming up. That, that line made me laugh because it was like, that's so arch villainy. That's so um, Sinister Six or Legion of Doom. Like we're really about to like. And do I just a think it's cool up. because it it's like they're. It, what caught me from surprise is that you have no idea what's going where what happened to David's life. Yeah. From the end of Unbreakable, he turns in Elijah. Was, and then. He, oh, yeah, that's all written. We don't even see it. We get yeah, like no. a paragraph yeah, on but, the screen. So he like he it. goes back to his life. He turns in Elijah. Then you see. And what ends him? This trailer, yeah. and it's like he's in a mental institution. Seemingly. It's not just he's in a mental institution. He is locked because apparently he is not. They're not really superheroes. Apparently, well, they're they, not. They, they're not. They don't have real problems. James McAvoy is not really a beast. You know, of uh, Elijah's not really this well, that's what ultra say, smart. Right? No, yeah, that's the thing is, the woman that has them locked in there says that they are that they are in there because of delusions of grandeur. Right. Meaning that they think, think that they're that they more powers, important yeah. than they are. Yeah. But then Glass says, but we can all do these things. So what is the evidence of that? What does that do to your reality? Because you say we can't. All your books say you can't. All the doctors say you can't. Watch them do it. <laughs> and now what? Now what, what, what? What answer do you have for the guy who can't Especially can with David. Steve? It's like we all know that the dude's never been sick. He was the yeah. only survivor of that Philadelphia train crash in 1990, uh, 1999. Yeah, so, so like he... So 2000s. His stuff is definitely proven, but we'll see if this shines a little bit more light on glass. Oh, there was a scene when, when, when you see, like, the beast, like, jumping oh, oh, into the, orange, the man in orange, and yeah. I'm just like... Oh man, this I'm da- I am down to see a uh, like a sixty year old Bruce Willis get his ass kicked <laughs> by was, James McAvoy. There was also a little bit of watching um, Bruce play like vigilante, like day by day vigilante, where they show him. Oh yeah, he, yeah, he was talking house. where because she was asking him where where does his powers come from? Yeah, and he's like, it's just a feeling. I have to touch somebody and I see what they've done. And then he puts on his raincoat and goes 
you know. And then we get that Coach great James Newman Howard score, you know. It's like really, really good. But yeah, I I commend them on that, especially considering it's coming from Universal, and Universal had their own problems getting their their superhero or sorry their universe put together. How can Universal not get their Dark Monster universe put together, but now we have a split universe? How does this How does this happen? Because is Shyamalan because is low key a genius. He just can't direct, and he should always remain low key. This is this should be the advice for all studios, unless you know. Unless you know this is an Oscar-winning uh, movie with writing, directing, and all that special effects, don't say anything. Let us come to the conclusions because a lot of this press stuff is killing movies before killing them in the womb. Oh, that's that's the problem with the killing internet in the age. The internet age is killing movies. Uh, uh, what's it called? I, I think it was um, was it after? Yes, After Earth was actually the one of the first victims of the Twitter wars, where a movie was watched and reviewed before it hit theaters. And so much word to mouth hit Twitter that the movie was killed before it even hit its opening weekend. Right, and and you also have conspiracy theorists that say that people who uh, are fans of the two big, the big two, Marvel and DC, will trash each other's films on on Rotten Tomatoes, and that that would effectively change the score and then uh, discourage people from seeing these things. So it has become malicious at this well, point. Th- thank God that Rotten Tomatoes has audience reviews and worker reviews. Yeah, you know, audience reviews means nothing to the percentage. And for anybody that doesn't understand the Rotten Tomato percentage, I'm gonna just let, real quick. It's, Go ahead, brother. It's if there's 150 reviewers reviewing a movie, and only 75 people of that 150 like that movie, the the movie is going to get a 50 percent on Rotten Tomatoes because it's 50 percent of the audience enjoyed it. If you want to see the real rating of a Rotten Tomatoes movie, you have to go to the desktop page on your computer, and it'll tell you 6.5 out of 10. And most of the times that a movie is a 47% on Rotten Tomatoes will have a 7.5 out of 10 on their ratings. Because it's not the quality of the movie that that percentage is, it's the people that liked it. But Exactly. And so people don't, don't really have to hang their hat on any of those ratings. You know, ultimately, if you're the only person, right, who if you saw the movie and you liked it, then it's a hundred percent fresh for you, right? Like for me, it's it'll be a hundred percent because I liked it. So that you know that should be the only thing that matters. Um, but all of these film and television, they come from the very, very, very rewarding media of comics, actual paper comic books, well, digital, depending on how you read yours. But there's a bunch of stuff coming down the pike as far as comics is concerned. We'll go with Marvel first, but the Marvel What If series is coming back. Oh, I can't, I can't wait for this. Marvel What If series basically uh, tells almost like Elseworld stories, stories that don't exist in Marvel continuity, and they postulate. Like, what if Wolverine was a vampire? And here's one issue of Wolverine as a vampire. And it's like, what remember if- that Futurama episode where Professor Farnsworth creates the what if machine and everybody just has to speak into it? And then you see that clip from the episode of the question that the answer of the question. Yeah. This is going to be awesome. I would love to see like a panel of like, what if Captain America was never Captain America? I want to see how, they, how America would I think would they look. do what if um, uh, Aunt May was bit by the spider is one from the past that they've done. <laughs> There's a lot of crazy What if what Uncle ifs. Ben never died? There you go. I mean, uh, matter of fact, for, this, for the show, bit. for the show, what, what, what creative Marvel what if can you, uh, you can put together? What creative Marvel what if could I put together? Uh... In the comics, is it Nick Fury that found the chill, or is it still Peggy Carter? And I want to say it might have been the Carters, or at least the Starks, right? Starks got some, Howard got some uh, digs in, okay, in so, old S.H.I.E.L.D. So what What if S.H.I.E.L.D. was never, I never found it? What if there was no such thing as S.H.I.E.L.D.? What if there was no such thing as S.H.I.E.L.D.? I like that. I, w- I would want to see like how 
superheroes would interact with government officials without a shield helping the process. I want what if Magneto founded the X-Men? Ooh. Or the M-Men? The M-Men. Is that what that House would be? House of M. Oh, there you go, right? House but of yeah, M. But yeah, Marvel, what if it seems that it's going to show you a bunch what of... What if Wolverine never got his adamantium? Oh, there you go. And then all we have is just bone 50... Claws? Yeah, just uh, just 2018 Wolverine and Bone Claws. He bone never claws. got his adamantium. Speaking of which, I'm dying here because... Um, did you see the, the new uh, evolution of Wolverine? No. That's why I'm coughing like this. His uh, his claws can... can They're hot now. <laughs> hey, they're me? hot like they turn red hot now they they can like heat. from like from x-men origins when the cyclops yes, beams yes. was there and he was able uh-huh. to cut deadpool's head off it's gonna look like that and his bones yeah it's not uh, no even... it's still adamantium oh it's, adam- it's adamantium but it's so hot he's now. gonna be able to so, so it's just gonna be legit a red adamantium that you know is like a hundred degrees yeah i don't i mean that's why i almost died because Can't I, adamantium I already cut through anything how much more I don't know. I have no idea what's going on with that. But as um, you know, poor guy just couldn't die after old man Logan couldn't just leave him alone. It behooves these companies to create these multiverse multiversal stories because they're not tied to continuity. They're not tied to release. The best part about comics is when it's non-canon, you can do anything. That's why Norman Osborn does run Shield in an Iron Man outfit in in one comic in one comic book. Yeah, man, that's Dark Reign right there. But um. DC is doing the same thing. They're coming out with their own imprint called oh, I, the DC I, this Black is, this Label is what imprint. I'm going to get back into the DC first. With. The first issue of uh, to come under the DC Black Label imprint will come out September 19th, 2019, and that will be the Batman Damned story, uh, written by Brian Azzarello. He actually uh, wrote the Joker uh, graphic novel, which the uh, much more gritty, grimy, bloody. Joker, there's a scene of him like passed out, taking a bunch of pills and drinking. Uh, he has a face like Heath Ledger with the uh, Glasgow smile. So really gritty stuff. Um, it seems to be mature audiences only. Uh, there's going to be a lot more. Yeah, I heard grit that they're going to be covering very provocative stories, like very like you know stories that you you would have to need like an ID to buy it in the comic book store yeah. for. Frank Miller, you know, is returning. They're, they, they, they're also oh, so saying, then this is why? This is yeah, why. This is also, exactly why. They're also saying, like, it's only going to be the best of the best touching stories. So Frank Miller, who wrote Batman Year One and who wrote Dark Knight Returns, is going to be writing Superman Year One. So we will see from the bat. I loved Batman the, Year One. I thought that was phenomenal read. Yeah. So I'm excited the, for a I, Superman but, Year uh, One. Mr. Miller's gone a little bit crazy in these years, so I want to oh, see yeah. what a first year of Superman looks like to that man because... His all-star Batman and Robin was hilariously crazy. Um, we have like a Homer's Odyssey type book uh, called Wonder Woman Historia that's gonna be dealing with uh, Hippolyta, her, her mother, and the founding of. Um, Are they gonna be telling the Odyssey story from the women's like perspective, fo- like the founding of the Mascara with the so Amazons it, and Hipp- Hippolyta? That's that's pretty. That's pretty badass. If you can have some kind of like 16th chapel uh, art, it, art in it, I'm I'm sold. Get yeah. some florid language. Like, and some... like, like water painting. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm, like, with I'm down it. for I'm that. I'm with that. You can give me that. Um, And then Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo seemingly are going to tell oh, their last... standing ovation. Yeah, their final one. Batman story called uh the last Batman The Last Night. It's not the final Batman story, but it's Scott Snyder, there. they're writing an ending to their Batman. Um, And I love Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's work. I think that team, you know, especially starting off in the New 52, did some Great, great work, and I cannot wait for that. And that, um, not to mention, I forgot, uh, Jeff Johns 
three jokers book jeff john had oh, came out and uh, said that there man, are three jokers in continuity they've always been three jokers in continuity and his three jokers book is claiming to answer the question of why and how so are, are we getting uh, are we getting the the devil that takes form are we getting like comedian as one joke like the pale face yeah the pale face Cause, man or whatever yeah cuz i heard i i heard that besides the fact that it, there was three jokers i heard another one that that, that the joker was always just the pale face devil Right. Taking many forms over that was told at the end of the Snyder one where they were like the pale faced man has been seen for many years and yada yada. But in it, uh, when he was sat on the Morbius chair, he was able to find out that there was three Jokers because he asked like, "What's Joker's name?" Oh, it can't be, and he finds out there's three of them. I don't know if they'll do any of the introductions, and maybe this is a way for everyone to have their Joker. See, I really don't know how I feel about this—the fact that, that there's three Jokers. And I all personally that. think that the Joker character is overexposed, but you know, yeah, they're no, they're they're doing too. They're they're trying to like he's already popular. He's the Joker. You don't he's need popular, to do that. And he's popular because he's a mystery. The more you tell, tell us about him, the more we find out about him. The whole the less purpose. Popular he ends yeah, being. exactly. The, it's not even. It's the the popularity was was shrouded in mystery, like you said. So it's like I love the fact that there is no real name for the Joker. Yeah. That he has no origin story. Oh, did you hear they gave him a name in uh, Joaquin Phoenix's? Uh, oh, well, I mean, listen, they Jimmy gave him. They, I mean, they gave him a name in in the Tim Burton Batman. So I tend to Jack chalk Napier. it up. I tend to I tend to chalk it up to that one line that I read in a jo- in, in a Joker panel was if I'm gonna have a mind, I best make it multiple choice. Oh, I'm gonna have a past, yeah. Yeah, if I'm gonna have a past, I better make it multiple choice. So I was like, I like that. What I like, um, you know, about this whole Joker thing is that you know it does give a different creatives an opportunity to play around with the character, but. Like I said again, the enigma is what makes is the selling point behind the character. And Jeff John's book says that it's gonna show us a hidden connection to Batman and Joker, and I fear that. I fear that with all my heart what because I feel like the randomness—he's a bad guy, he's a criminal. Batman. The randomness fr- is what does it. But are you ready to hear the madness that is being rumored for going on in this Joaquin Phoenix uh, film? Oh, oh, here we go. So Wait. it's 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 being uh it's being rumored that. We will be seeing Joker's mom, and that Joker's mom works for Thomas Wayne and has a crush on Thomas Wayne. Leading people to believe that Thomas Wayne had an affair with this woman. Don't say it. <laughs> Don't say it. Already. Who then burst the Joker. Jesus Christ. Who's making Joker Batman's, Batman's brother. brother. I think that's absolute garbage. I think, I think that I'm that's off. cheap. And I, think, and I think that that is uncreative. Is that a word? Increative? How did somebody somebody get back to me you, on that? But you, you, carnies of creative expression, <laughs> killers of of originality. You, I can't believe, I can't oh believe it. Oh my god! So who knows? Who knows? People god. need a personal connection to the villains and heroes, and apparently, this is going to be the wrinkle that, that gives why us. Why does that. everything need to be a spider web? Why can't things just? Me and Yogi spoke about this, and Yogi says that it, um, the idea that people close to you, uh, you know, could be your enemy is realistic, and I agree with that. But I also agree with the fact that some people just want to do you harm who've never met you, who have nothing. You know what I'm saying? Just because they just want to do bad things, and you have to tell that story too. We have Lincoln March is the brother of of uh, of Bruce Wayne. That was said in Court of Owls, and he's a villain. So you already have a villain. So now Bruce a has a brother. You already, yeah, that w- it, it hasn't been proven, but you know, there's enough evidence to say that that is legitimately his brother. We can't do this whole, you know, uh, parental stuff. And you're gonna make us think the wrong way about Thomas going forward. He's the guy in kind of who cheats on Martha to, to with some floozy at his. At his, From, his, his right, I know that's what, like I I'm I have Nolan's Thomas Wayne from all the flashbacks in uh, my head. With where, the stethoscope. 
Yeah, or, you know, why do we fall, Bruce? You know, I have that engraved. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so we can learn to pick ourselves up. Like, not... They made this... You know what? You know what this is right here? This is the same mistake Tim Burton made in Batman Returns when they tried making like, the Penguin to be something. Like, if he was really close to, to Bruce. I, I understand Penguin in the comics yeah. is actually... Close to Bruce, well, it's just but they the tried idea. to make it on the cusp of him looking, of him almost being his brother. Like, um, of in the comics, they it, the idea with, behind Penguin is that his his family, the Cobblepots, are were at one point as prestigious as the Waynes, and that he has not dealt with his the falling of his prestige all that well. But wasn't his Tim parents Burton, like bad never, people in like the comics or some sort? But, like, well, in the in the comics, it was never a case of. Throwing the sun into the ocean. Yeah, that was never a no. Thing. That, that's just so, that's just Tim Burton being Tim Burton. So we Tim Burton in that movie did more of a nature versus nurture kind of situation. Like this is somebody who was raised in the woods, and this is somebody who was raised with a nice family, and they were both of rich parents. But yeah, see and what that happened. is creative you juxtaposition. Don't, you don't re- this isn't. No, it's not. It's literally just and whoa. And, it's forced juxtaposition, and yeah. that's even worse. Yeah, because Batman is a crime fighter. Joker yep. is a criminal. He's a criminal. Yeah. That's all you need. Oh, my God. Well, then he wouldn't be getting married to a cat. Right, well, that, that, well <laughs> I, I want to talk about this Heroes in Crisis because oh, this, yes. this has me intrigued. That'll be the last thing we speak about here, but it'll be the Heroes in Crisis uh, you know, crossover event that's going to be helmed by Tom King. First issue comes out September 26, 2018. And yeah, this, I hear he's, pr- he's a pretty good... Uh, Artist, from what I've been reading. Well, he's he's a writer. He's the one, but he's the one also behind the Batman Fifty fiasco of them not being married. So he we, um, oh. he had a yacht um, that was uh, you know press was allowed to go on it, and they were being shown parts of this story in in real life. So uh, the story is supposed to be a murder mystery dealing with a place called the Sanctuary. So the Sanctuary is this place where villains and heroes alike with PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder can come and seek therapy. Uh, one of the best parts about this Sanctuary place is as soon as you arrive, you are given a, uh, a featureless gold mask and a white robe. So this way you're indistinguishable from all the other guests. No one knows who you are. Um, so the press were given white robes if and gold I don't masks. Get Aqu- <laughs> if I don't get Aquaman... In in a white robe, being all meta, like why do they hate me? <laughs> why am I not cool enough? That'd be funny. Um, yeah, so we got this PTSD murder mystery. Um, and yeah, like I, I said, starting out with a mass shooting. Yes, like, it's supposed this to be is starting sick. out. With a They're mass going straight sh- social commentary on this one. Um, Tom King used to work for the CIA, so he like I like in real life. Oh crap! Like in real life. Like in real life. So he has been. Um, He's been looked at as the writer who goes hard on the um, depressing aspects of being a hero. And while I do like that, I do think you should always find the, the realistic emotional and mental strains that these heroes go under. We've been doing it for a kind of a while now. What I read <laughs> is that he holds this, sanctu- this sanctuary concept really close to his heart. Like The idea this that is there's a, rehabilitation. Yeah, this whole yeah. rehabilitation for superheroes and supervillains. The whole there's The sanctuary concept in general is like his... In his eyes, like his magnum opus, like right. this is what he can, and hopefully it stays for. on afterwards. After I do. The fact. I hope get Victor Strange in there. Yeah, yeah. Get yeah. Victor Strange talking to a therapist and getting the therapist. That's Hugo. I mean, yeah, oh, Hugo. Hugo. Uh, uh, get Victor Freeze <laughs> there in there. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, he missing needs to his talk wife. To yeah, like he he, he needs to talk to someone about his wife. But get Strange, get Hugo in there. Have him talk to somebody because he got he definitely suffers from delusions of grandeur more than Batman does. Right. And supposedly there's a, like a danger room esque level to the sanctuary where they can That's recreate sick. the traumatic event to help their uh, the people get through it. 
How are they going to fund it. everybody's MIT I think operations? Ba- I think Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman put all their money and time and effort into this place existing. And no one knows. It's like in the middle of, like, let's say Nevada or something like that. And so people That's are, crazy. People just go there. Yeah, yeah but it's a safe space. It has the robots, it has the robots for, from the Fortress of Solitude, and it has all that, all that stuff there. With, uh, with, uh, you know, it's supposed to have like the compassion of Wonder Woman, the strength of Batman, and the wherewithal of, of Superman or something like that. And so they're supposed to use those three as the pillars of the universe to try to get the redemption arc. Well, I mean, they they basically uh, are like the crutch of, of yeah, of the entire universe. So, so like, we're gonna be seeing how heroes deal with, you know, the trauma that they deal with, uh, out there. So I'm I'm interested in that, and I if Tom King thinks that he can you know tell a compelling story everyone's been listening to it you know everyone's been waiting for it and they didn't get it with the wedding so uh well there's a lot of you have all the the cogs moving in one place like you just have to turn the clock on i'm down for this this looked just because you're selling me just on the ptsd rehabilitation center thing alone yeah that's what you're selling me on alone I definitely want to see what happens. They they saying that it's going to be a murder mystery, so someone's going to be killed off the off the rip, and uh, the two people that are seemingly being pointed at as the I suspects heard about this are one uh, Harley Quinn, Harley me. Quinn, and uh and Booster Gold. Now Harley Quinn's an interesting one because she's dealt with enough trauma on her own, and she has a PhD, so we know that she can be therapeutic, but also needs therapy. So who knows what's going on with that? And then Booster Gold was in a comic where he was held in the Batcave. For several years, and so he has his own trauma. Uh, and it, it took place in an alternate timeline, but he is definitely traumatized. So we're seeing how Booster deals with all of this. But this has been a lot of news, and it makes me just happy in general to be a part of this whole I comic know, book like, thing yes. because every month we'll be getting something. You know, I, the 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 CW stuff dropping in the fall. Uh, you know, um, you got. Iron Fist still this year. Um, Aquaman is still this year. The CW is coming with Batwoman this year. Uh, the Black League was coming this year. And then we got a bunch of stuff coming next year. So I am incredibly excited for everything to come down the pike. How about you? I This weekend took a lot out of me with all watching Collider, watching a lot of YouTube, like uh, all these trailers. And not just comic book trailers, people. You know, like, you know, Josh Whedon is getting a Buffy reboot, you know, like a... Uh, Roswell is getting a reboot. This Godzilla trailer looks amazing. So Comic-Con had a lot that was just not specifically comic book, but superhero fantasy elements. So I'm very excited about everything that's going to be coming up in the fall into 2019. And I'm, I can't wait, honestly, for everything that I see here as far as movies and TV shows go. I, I'm most excited for Shazam and the CW crossover. I'm most excited to see DC stick the landing. You know, they've been getting a lot of criticism as of late, and hopefully they're able to turn this around. I'm loving their well, comics. Well, I mean, if we can get stuff. two DC movies that are That are not amazing, absolutely terrible. I would love for it to be Wonder Woman and Shazam. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, and Wonder Woman 84 will be coming out, I think, I'll say next year, too. Oh, they're going to be in 1984 here, yeah, right? Yeah, Wonder Woman 84. That's what they're calling it. They're calling it Wonder, 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 Wonder Woman 84? Yeah. Sounds pretty dope. So you got a bunch of stuff coming. Infinity War is finishing up next year. We'll get another Spider-Man Homecoming next year. Uh, Far from Captain home. Marvel. So hopefully we get more Marvel stuff at New York City Comic Con, which we will be attending. Look out for the major issues announcements on that. But as one of us might even be covering it live. You never know. They're... And speaking of covering it live, majority of the stuff here, we're going to cover under the Comic Book Click major issue banner. So the only 
way to make sure that you are on top of it is to like, share, and subscribe to Make Sure Issues Podcast. Look for it wherever podcasts are found. That's Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Apple iTunes, uh, the Apple uh, Podcast app in general. You can Google Major Issues Podcast, and we're the first ones to pop right up there. So there's no excuse. Every phone, you're able to hear our beautiful voices wax poetically about the greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. But what if you want to get to us? What if you want to talk to us? Well, you can reach everyone at comic book click at facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. And we do respond. I will respond. Yes. Dan the comic man will even sign at the dotted line that he will respond to any and all. <laughs> questions and he will forward them yeah we helm all these social media platforms and we want to hear you you guys talk about it like i said i've been to the future so i know that major issues becomes the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books comic book media but it's gonna take you guys and your help Last but not least, if I can ask for a favor, try to rate and review this podcast. It's the quickest way for us to get honest feedback from you guys and to grow as podcasters, see what we've done wrong, what we've done right, what you guys like and what you guys dislike. And it will help us grow not only as a podcast, but it will help us grow our audience because five-star ratings is how people find this podcast podcast in general and our numbers are climbing so i know you guys are spreading the word and i personally want to thank you guys for that but this has been our uh i guess san diego comic-con news and trailers review for 2018 my name is george serrano aka the don dan the comic man and we hope that you guys stay tuned for the next week's episode we'll be tackling teen titans go to the movies but whether or not you're dc or marvel whether or not you're the king of atlantis or you got your powers from some wizard whether or not you are uh from young justice or trying to defend kung lung we 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 are the click and you yes you are worthy and don't forget crack an egg on it don't make sense